Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canal and Bell, uh, brought to you by Citizen, our watch company. Can't wait, can't wait to get our watch. Uh-huh. I'm fired up about those. Uh, huge show today. I can't wait. I got some good topics. I think we're going to have a ton of fun. Okay. I cannot wait to get to the first one in just a minute, but we got to discuss Barry Odom calling out other SEC coaches who are poaching players off his team. Steve Kerr got ejected last night. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. But first, you, full disclosure. So Raja doesn't know this topic. I have no idea. Because there was literally an argument in the office here in Fort Lauderdale, about who was in the right and who was in the wrong. Okay. I want to just give you the facts. Just the facts. Without leading you in any Nothing direction. Nothing the facts, please. Let's go. And see whose side you're on in right. the story. So we're going to start with golf. I love when we start with golf. Yeah. We both love golf. We're passionate about it. Tiger's teeing off later this afternoon at the Genesis. We're going to talk about that later in the show, too. But this is more important. This is more pressing matters. Drum roll, please. So Matt Kuchar, longtime PGA uh, player, is playing in Mexico uh, in November. He wins the tournament. It's the okay. Mayakoba Classic right. in November. So he gets a $1.3 million check. Yep. So he didn't bring his normal caddy with him because it's kind of a weird event. Like it's not a normal, like just it's not a popular event. So he was kind of going, gave his probably regular caddy off. He goes, he hires a local caddy, a Mexican caddy, yep. David El Tucan Ortiz. Yeah. El Tucan. He hires him. El Tucan. Okay. So he hires him to caddy for him. So when they set up the agreement for the week, they said, all right, what are you going to pay me? He says they agree on $3,000. Yep. Right? So he gets $3,000. So I, so after the thing, so Matt Kuchar ends up winning the tournament. Sure. Matt Kuchar wins $1.3 million. So the caddy was like, well, all right, $3,000. Typically the rate is 10% of right. what a tour caddy gets. He's expecting a little bit of a bonus potentially. Yeah. So Kuchar bumps it up and gives him $5,000. <laughs> right? Okay. So... He goes back and forth, expresses his displeasure, actually El calls El Tucan, yeah, okay. calls Kuchar's agent, right. says, hey, can we work something out? Like, I feel like I've worked harder. I deserve more. Sure. Typical rate is there. Kuchar says, all right, we'll give you an extra 15 grand. Yeah. Like, under the table, kind of just keep, kind of keep this Okay. Up. The caddy says, thanks, but no thanks. That's disrespectful. Normal guys get 130000 you know, I feel like I've been robbed here. I should have gotten more money. Right. And Kuchar comes out after, says, nope, it's done. Listen, I feel like I was fair and good. You can't make everybody happy. You're not going to buy people's ability to be okay with you. And this seems to be a social media issue more than anything. I think it shouldn't be knowing that there was a complete agreed upon deal that not only did I meet, but exceeded. So certainly I didn't lose sleep over this. This is something that I'm quite happy with. And I was really happy for him to have a great week and make a good sum of money. Making $5,000 is a great week. <laughs> so his last comment, I kind of feel like, unfortunately, some other things have gotten in his head that it's he's deserving something different than what we agreed upon. And it's just too bad that it's turned into a story because it doesn't need to be. We had a great week. So um, whose yeah. side are you on in this? Who is right or wrong? Kuchar for paying him what he did or the caddy for saying he deserves what a typical PGA Tour caddy uh, gets? This is a tough one. Um because there can, there is a gray area here, I feel like. Uh, in your normal contract with your normal caddy. Yep. Right? And you, they all do. They have, like, it's big money. Like, it's it, a lot of money to be made. Correct. Um, it's 10% re- regardless no, of those where are you- No, negotiated. F- right. Okay. 
Um, Some guys, in fact, I was just, I was playing at that tournament in Orlando. Yeah. And I was playing, I was talking to one of the caddies and I said, Oh, do you get, do you get 10%? I was kind of just curious. Yeah. He's like, No, he's like, I'm salaried. Okay. And then I have other bonuses that I can get. So he's like, if you're, if your player stinks, you still get some money. Yeah. And like, if they don't make cuts, you're still get, and if they win, then they get a bonus. So I think I'm more on El Tucan side, but I'm still, a little bit on Kucher's. I, I don't think Kucher needs to stroke a check for 130k. Me neither. All right. I don't think that 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 that's warranted. What I, number would you have stroked a check for? Because uh, we asked around the office. What would I? Okay. What was my? What's his relationship with his caddy that did not go on the trip? What What would he healthy? usually give up? That's if he won know. 1.3 million. That's what we don't. So know. I, I don't. I guarantee you, it's more than five grand. Cor- no, correct. So like, I'm, I mean, the number I'm saying is like, uh, like whatever I give my normal caddy. Maybe half of that, maybe a third of that. Right. Like, so if, if it's 10% and I give 130K, like, I'm cool with like 40 racks to the guy or something right. like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's kind of the number I would have, I would have come up with. So there's a couple things to put this in context. Yeah. No Coke is getting fired up. He wants to chime in. But on does this. he? Where does he He's stand on totally it? Totally on Kucher's side. Is he like, really? Yeah, screw the caddy. He nah, that's ridiculous. He got more. Here's what I would, the number that was kind of, there was 50 was thrown out in the office. Yeah. I think 50 would have been Good fair. Good number. Now the guy still might have come back and said, I want 130, 10%. I think that would have been over the top. Right. 75, I think would have been more than generous. Sure. I would have been surprised if he gave him 100. Yeah. But I think it would have been easy. Kucher's made 46 million in his career, tour earnings. So he's not hurting for Yeah, money. we didn't even factor that. I didn't factor that well, in. I didn't Correct. want to, I didn't want to sway you either yeah, way pollute the, but i yeah. think you just i think it's a bad look for kutra i think it makes him like a cheap it really does sob yeah like, it does just give the guy a bonus and i get it that he's saying hey we agreed on three i almost paid him double i gave him five but it's such a small percentage of what you what you actually made and there's it's funny because there's different people that have different beliefs well you know, the guy made double. The guy doesn't make that much money anyway. Why does Kutcher, just because he made more money, does he owe him more? I think as a caddy, you are a team. Yeah. And I like, I get it. Like, you're not hitting the ball. No, but, but you, I do think you're a part of it. You help him read. You, you read the greens, especially if he's local, has some local tournaments. That's a relationship there, right? Absolutely. Like that, yeah. And, and that you're, you had the relationship that weekend. Like, you were, you were, you were, you were his guy. Like, yeah. caddies are your guy, Helped right? Your wind, yeah. your club selection, all that stuff. Um, Coca, you want to chime in? Cause you were all hot and bothered here before. I, I'm just shaking my head at you guys. Raja, I thought, I thought better of you. No, <laughs> I thought better of you. He's not cheap. Yeah. I, do the right no, it, it's not about being cheap. It's about where was this Sunday morning or where was this before the tournament started? Because if Kucher doesn't win the tournament, then it's just like he's giving the dude five grand for what if he wins $20,000? Then he's giving him 25%, close to 30% of what he's making. So Who because, but three? that's what I'm saying is he wins the tournament and now all of a sudden this guy's like, yes. wait, 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 no, every, no, no, no. Every, yes. I just, then don't agree before the tournament that you're going to get paid $3,000. Don't agree to it. Say, listen, you're man. He's going to go out there and carry a bag in good faith. I'm not going to agree to make anything. Like no, we have no, no, but that's what I'm saying is he agreed to $3,000. You agreed to it. That's to and, carry your bag that's what I'm for saying. the event and to beat him, your caddy. If you win the event, there's obviously an obligation. Like I feel like that's that that's an unspoken thing, right? If you I'm gonna you pay me three there's grand, there's gonna be a significant bonus. That's the rate for my service. Yep. Okay, like that's just for me bottom to go out there line. and make the reads. Bottom grand, three grand, no matter what. No, Kucher was, like, was the guy who said I'll pay you three grand to do it. If you're making up to two hundred dollars a day, I'm giving you close to like three hundred percent of what you normally make bro, just to go out there for a tournament. I couldn't have picked like, you. Like like I like, like I'll this pick was somebody like else. An unskilled time. worker that was waiting for a ride outside of Home Depot, bro, and you're doing him a favor. This is a he's a professional caddy. Jesus Christ. Like, the guy's going to do the job, and if you win the tournament and if make If he was a professional caddy, then he would have, then listen, then he would have gotten another golfer. 
You know, that, like I, I just listen, man. I just it's just to me. It's just like if you agreed upon something, don't come out and start this firestorm and then say you're a humble person. You're obviously not a humble person if you're starting this sort of firestorm. Over the caddy some money. came out and said that. The caddy came out and said that after he's like, I'm a humble person because I think a hundred grand might have been life life changing for like a lot. Of, that's why I'm kind of disappointed that Matt Kuchar just didn't realize this. Like what he could have done, even if it was fifty. I'm a little bit taken aback that the dude turned down the 15. Yeah. Like, get that in your pocket and then go public with it. Like, but he guess he was like so principled. He's like, Hey, on principle alone, I'm going to not take it because I think it's disrespectful. So clearly he was thinking closer to a hundred grand. He wasn't thinking 50. He was probably thinking the full boat, the full 10%. I do agree with Coca that it probably should have been discussed somewhat beforehand. Yeah. At least had some sort of agreement. Like, Hey man, what if we win? But I am picturing a situation where local caddy, local tour knowledge, probably a nice course. And I do think it's one of those situations where there are guys around the caddy all the time. Right. And they're probably like, he's the lucky guy that gets the caddy from Matt Kuchar. Right. So he's probably like, hey, yeah, I'll do it for three grand. Like I love, that's a ton of money. Sure. But then you experience the success. I do think there should be a bonus. So I think Kuchar's in the wrong. And I don't, like. It's not even debatable for me. It's just, it's a bad look. He looks cheap. Yes, this is correct. This is not even a, it's not, I don't even know why, like, mute mute yourself, Coca. Like, this is, you're wrong, dude. Yo, what is, here's, but here's my question. It's just like, it's, if it's a contract, so Patrick Mahomes just won MVP. Is Patrick Mahomes getting life-changing money right now because he won MVP? No, he's on a rookie contract. But he's on a rookie contract right now. What are you talking about? You're talking about a football where you're contractually, contractually Yeah, obli- and so was this guy. This guy was contractually obligated for $3,000, yeah, and he got five. Correct, but then the person he was going to get $20,000 and said, no, I, I want Pat, Listen, 50. your regular caddy, right? Yep. Your regular caddy. Yep. If, if he's got a, a salary, the yep. guy you're talking about, yep. let's say he's salaried for and, – and, and, and his horse or his golfer goes out there and reels off a couple wins and is making – you don't think that there's a considerable amount of bonus money that that person is making and it's just it's, – it's an unwritten thing? It's an, an implied – like when, once you take the deal that when you win, we are going to both reap the benefits of this to some degree? 100% there's going to be bonus money in there. It's ridiculous. Like yeah, I don't even know what we're bed. talking about. Put it to bed, Coca. It's just you're wrong. Although I will say this. I tweeted this out. I'm a little disappointed in our society because I thought people were more generous with their uh, winnings. So I tweeted it out, gave the situation, and said, who is right, Kucher or his caddy? 55%. And already, there's like, it's a pretty significant amount of voters. Said Kucher? Said Kucher. 45% said his caddy. I love this topic. I think it's fascinating. I'm surprised. there was So this happens the, with professional athletes sometimes, and I think it's in the wrong. Like I, I just mentioned Drew Brees going to get takeout. It was a $100 bill. And he went in, picked it up, and took it out, and he left five bucks. And the the way, uh, like the person checking him out, like outed him, and people were like, yeah. "That's so cheap." I don't think I think that's totally different because I think five bucks is kind of standard. Yeah, he could have given him like a celebrity tax. Yeah, you just paid him ten or twenty bucks. Right. But he didn't. He just went in and gave it to him. This, there wasn't any service that was performed, so he just kind of gave the standard. But I don't. I don't think. I think this is totally different. This is totally different. This is. To- and do you think? I'm going to ask you a question. This, did do you think the fact that he's El Tucan and he might be a a a, a Mexican caddy versus like if this happened in America at one of like our our probably do you think that has anything to do with well, the people's stance on whether or not the guy's lucky to get three thousand dollars? I think it. I think it. I think that's what came into Kucher's mind because he even referenced in his quotes. He said, "He said we had a great week." There was something in there where it kind of implied that because he's not rich, like five thousand dollars is a, is already kind of life changing. Yeah, you know, no, like and yeah. that's a huge right. deal to him. That's but fantastic. I can imagine what would have been for fifty or seventy five. You know, fantastic. I, this is another conversation because you just touched on it about the obligatory like. There is a celebrity tip. tax for there, real. Yeah, but I'm so this bothers me now. Like it, it used to be when you picked your own food up. Yep. 
Like you, you don't have, I don't have to tip you for like ringing me out at a cash register. Like if I order the pizzas and you bring them to me, I'm going to tip you. Right. If I order the pizzas and it's an hour and a half wait and I come in to pick them up, why, why, why is, why do I have to tip you at the register? You've done nothing. Right. Like, do you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like it, it really bothers me. Now I still tip because I don't want anybody right. calling and being like, Hey, guess what I just had in here? He wouldn't tip me. Right. But I, I like, I feel like there are. Like they're, they're, it's almost like you're blackmailing me into like, into tipping you. So now when I went out last weekend, like for, va- for Valentine's, I took my wife, you go to bars now. And I said, man, it's a great time to be a bartender at a, at a, at a cool place. So bar tabs, like when we were younger, right? Like you come up, you get three drinks, they throw the drinks on the table. What you drop five, six bucks, like yeah. whatever, like now, whatever you order, there's an 18% service charge in it. And then they want you to tip them. Oh, yeah, they're going to get you. Because if you don't throw something on the bar, you look like an a-hole. Right. You know what I mean? So right. I'm like, nobody's factoring in that you just paid 18% on, on, on drinks that are overpriced by 3,000%. Right. They still want you to put $5 on a bar. I used to go out to, we used to go out to dinner with the quarterbacks when I was in Denver about yeah. Jake Plummer and he usually would pick up the tab because he was the guy making the most right. money. Right, so right. he would do it. We kind of flip flop around sometime and he would always tip probably close to 30%, mm-hmm. 35%. And, you know, like some of the rookies would always ask, like, why do you do that? And he's like, it's celebrity tax, man. He's like, I don't want to walk out of here and have somebody say, hey, the starting quarterback just gave me, you know, what a cheap, cheapskate. It's <laughs> like he didn't want, and he's like, that's the price you pay to be a celebrity. <laughs> I was just talking to a, a friend of ours. Uh, it's, it's, uh, was over at our house for the dinner the other night. Younger dude works as a caddy a yeah. long time at Sawgrass. Okay. You see a lot of celebrities come right. through. And I was like, I was asking him like, what's the best tip you ever got? And he was like a thousand bucks. And I was like, whoa. And I was, he's like some businessman. I was right. like, who was, I said, what was a good tip? And he was telling me all these things. And he's like, you know who didn't tip at all? He's like Charles Barkley. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's the celebrity tax. Like, so then that gets around. I don't even know if Charles does it all the time right. or if that's just one day because hey, I, I would picture Charles one. being pretty, you know, yeah. generous. So maybe it was just a day where he didn't, he forgot his wallet, you know, right. like you just don't know, but that's the price you pay sometimes for, uh, for being a celebrity, I guess. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24 seven. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. baseball season is in full swing which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank stample every weekday as we recap every player from every game we'll talk waiver wire ads drops players to trade for prospects who could make an impact and everything in between make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found you smell my breath from over there? No. <laughs> because I can smell it from the control. I, I was room. gonna say Coco Janita, might Janita is grossed it. out right now. She said lay <laughs> off the celery. Yeah, Janita might be able to smell it too. Oh bro. Ju- you make cleanse. me gag, bro. Come on, <laughs> man. Doing That's terrible. <laughs> and it is brutal. Oh. The first juice of the day has like kale, celery, spinach, spirulina. I don't even know that's how you say Spirulina. It. All this green stuff. Spirulina, a lot of protein, a lot of protein. That's good. Yeah. I eat protein or else I'll pass out from just yeah. drinking juices this time. So it's good you can't smell. I'm trying to keep a wall, like a personal space zone. Jesus. So I'm trying to get My that. eyes were watering now. Like I'm going to be. <laughs> All right. Let's keep this thing rolling. Yeah. Steve Kerr last night, coaching the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trailing in the game 110 to 103, three minutes and 54 seconds left. Draymond Green. 
polarizing figure. Yeah. Has had its share of flagrant fouls. Here's the video of him against the Blazers. Boom. Goes up. Zach Collins. Yep. Gets him. Hits him. It's called a flagrant. Right. Steve Kerr loses his mind yes. going off at the official, and deservedly, though. Take that, Kenny Mowry. He, he was absolutely in his face. And then, are you bummed? Like, Kenny Mowry, you got to own it. Don't you have to give him an explanation? Yeah, like, I love the way they just all turn their back and just walk away. Yeah, like, it's kind of disrespectful right there. Correct. My question for you is, was it that awful of a call? Uh And two... I kind of had the hunch. I wasn't watching the game live, but I was like, this seems to me like Steve Kerr, almost like the old baseball manager that gets fired up, starts kicking stuff just to fire up his team. Yeah. Do you think it was that, or do you think he was that upset about that? I think he was that upset because it was like, the game was like, it was a seven point game with what, four minutes to go, was it? Like, I don't know that you're going to be trying to fire them up at that point in the game. They're right in the game and they could use you on the bench. Like sometimes when it's like a 20 point game in the first half, you might do that to see if you can spur some sort of rally that carries through the rest of the game, but not that late in the game. The backstory to that is like Clay Thompson had just like went to the basket and given Zach Collins like a shoulder. They called an offensive foul on Clay. Those two got to talking, 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 bumping and pushing. Draymond did not run in to incite that situation. He actually played peacemaker, believe it or not. But the very next time uh the kid Collins got the ball, Draymond came over and made a hard foul. The kid was going up to dunk the ball. And I thought it was a terrible call. Um uh, You know, once you get into judging intent – like, it's really, really hard. All of your biases come into play. Like, this Draymond rule that he says yep. is a very real thing in that space where you're just trying to determine whether a guy was or wasn't trying to hit the guy. The fact is he didn't. He got a lot of ball and came down across the guy's arms, which you have to do to stop a seven foot, 250-pound guy from yeah, getting up and, and finishing with an and one. And so... I thought it was a terrible call. Um, they're probably mandated, the officials from the league and from the officials, like uh, 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 the head of officials, to make that call. But I think it's the wrong call. And, I, you know, when you're reffing 11-year-olds and you don't want them fighting, okay, maybe maybe you do. These are grown men. Like, they're playing a very physical game. Like, you have to leave room. If someone's not getting hit in the head or the neck, if someone's not coming through and just chopping the hell out of somebody or, right. or bridging them when they go up for a dunk... Hard fouls like the one Draymond took where he's just chopping down and getting ball. Yep. Like that's not a flagrant foul. Do you think Clay Thompson gets that call called against him in that game, in that situation? Or do you think this is the Draymond effect because he's had so many and he's known as more of a physical player? I think because of what had just transpired, like because they were beefing. They were trying to that, kind of calm it down. Yeah, but I do think that Clay Thompson would have had a better chance of skating through that without the flagrant than Draymond. I think because it was Draymond, it was a no brainer. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Portland, so if Steve Kerr was trying to fire up team, didn't work because they scored 16 straight points after the ejection. Yeah. Uh, also Debo hit me up, said nothing from the refs account. Shocker. Like they, the, yeah, the, they were wrong on that one. They blew that. That's, night. that's not a flagrant foul, which they won't release the game report until later today in which they might admit that they missed a call. But I'll be, it's one of those ones where you'll be like, all right, let's see if you're transparent. If you're actually willing to admit something. No, they'll lose. I'm with you. I don't, I think it was just a hard foul. I mean, can we play it again? I would look at, seriously, like, I mean, for I wanna, anybody I watching it, if you, I want to see if you like if you. I want to see another look at this and see. All right, how bad is this? Is this a hard foul or would this be a flagrant? No, yeah. All right, let's go. Look, here he comes. Yep. Draymond comes across, gets the ball. Like what? What do? What is it? Like, cause the dude looking at him, that was him right there. 41 was the official that was looking at him. Right? Yeah. I mean, you could make you the case. It was a look that he didn't like that he like saw him angry or something. Like I'm trying to figure out like where this guy came with that. The only thing that I could say was like Draymond doesn't jump. And he kind of starts his hand back here. So there is a bit of a wind up and they've got really 
specific verbiage in, 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 in those rules so that, you know, and it's always a cop out. It's always a way for them to have an out. So there was a wind up. Yeah. No stuff. There's a wind up. Like I'm trying to stop this guy who's got all his momentum going up to the rim from getting an and one. I got to wind up. Right. But there was no follow through and he got ball and arm. That's a regular foul. That's a big boy foul. I'm going to give the ref. One little out, and so when you play in full speed, it probably looks more violent, like it looks faster. But you but went what to the I hate about it is why wouldn't he give Steve Kerr an explanation? Maybe he could have said, "Hey, man, he's like, oh, you can sit, you can under your breath." He said, "Hey, man, the game's getting out of control. I had to set a tone." Right. And I think Steve Kerr probably is still angry, but I think he might understand that. But him walking away and just not giving any explanation, or even if he thought it was genuinely flagrant, he could say, like you're saying, "Hey, he came down hard with his arm." Give him an explanation as opposed to just turning your back and running. I just think it's a bigger. I think it's a bigger problem with like. With the NBA, I mean, the NFL is dealing with some real issues with CTE and stuff like that. So them trying to clean up their game, like for for the optics and all of that. Like I, I'm not even getting into that really, but understand it to some degree. The NBA, you don't really have a history of terrible things. Yeah, there was the malice in the palace. Like there was a fight. Like, but that that I mean, that doesn't happen all right. the time. Like, there's it's not no, that violent of a sport. There's no real need to have this initiative to clean up all of these flagrant fouls. There are not that many of them. Now I had one. Like that's a flagrant. Mm-hmm. That's a flagrant. Yeah. Like ejection. Yeah, that, fine. That was, that was a, no, but uh, of course. Like, yeah. but plays at the rim when guys are trying to, you know, stop someone from scoring a basket. They could have the the balance of the game hang on that at the end. Like, I, I don't see a problem with that. I just now I they're it was, making it such that if you're just obvious, where you're just trying to stop the basket, and you're not playing typical defense, they're going to give you the flagrant one, which I think is wrong because I think that's part of the game is ensuring. That they don't get the end one. They, they don't, do not get the shot off. Correct. And sometimes you do have to kind of, and I know he went for the ball and he didn't do it, but sometimes you do have to kind of grab their arm and they don't want to hug them, but you're going to foul them hard. And that's where I think it's still okay. And that's where I think they've gone too far. It's trickled down into you watch college games now. Like I can't even tell you when they go to that monitor. I used to be able to have a good feel for whether something was a, cause it's common sense. Like you don't have to be a, a, a 10 year NBA vet to be able to tell whether that's a, right. you use your common sense. Like, right. like no, that's not a flagrant, but like there's so many little again there's so many little like key words in the description that they use in that ref manual that you could you could almost you never know they go to the film and you never know what they're going to come away with and i just think i think it's i think it's bad for basketball so you had 13 regular season flagrants yeah two in the postseason that one obviously is your most famous when yeah you i had 13 Kobe. flagrants yeah in a regular season you, was any of them as bad as that one because that's one everybody knows about was there any other one where you just kind of blacked out and you lost it and you no, that one wasn't it? even that was that was that was just a blackout that, right that and was you never that had that like, other any time no like i thought value right. but like you know i was and and like believe it or not people say like i wasn't i was just angry like you know what i mean like that wasn't right. i wasn't really trying to like hurt him or right. kill him. i was angry i wanted to fight him do you know what i mean well, like but i didn't have any of those that's yeah. going on seven ejections 76 texts in the regular season 76 i gave them that you much get, money back you get fined automatically yeah. on a tech yeah you do and I they have different varying degrees yeah. like is it Start like a thousand, make- was it five hundred? Like a thousand? Like I gave away a lot of money. God, and the, <laughs> and the and suspensions. That's a game check. Damn, yeah. Yeah, you're doing. That's right. why I'm still working. That's right. You're doing all right. <laughs> all right. So you know who didn't have a flagrant was James Harden. Yeah. But his streak continued. So I was right on the streak, wrong on the game because mm-hmm. they ended up losing last night. But his streak reaches 31, ties Will Chamberlain for the second longest such streak over uh ever of 30 plus points in a row. Chamberlain, he's got a long way to go. Yeah, it's 65 straight games, incredible. 30. That's insane. I don't think he's not going to sniff that, is he? Nope. Nope. Uh, where do you? stand on now on the James Harden? Because it's been back and forth like, hey, at one time it was, well, this is what he has to do to win. Where do you stand now? Because obviously it's not helping if they lost last night. Um, Yeah, this isn't – look, this has morphed into something different now. 
um, the way they play. And I heard Chris Paul talk last night about people comparing this year's Rockets to last year's Rockets and that not being fair. And them even internally comparing what they did last year to this year. And, and, and his point was, well, we're not the same team. So we have to change the way we play. We have to change the way we do. The same recipe that worked last year won't work this year. I support all of that. I, I agree 100%. And again, what James Harden is able to do with a ball is like he's a magician. Like it, it really is. It's like he's playing three card Monty with you out there. Like it, you don't never know what's happening. And when you do think you know what's happening, bomb, step back. I got you. Or I, you're up in the air and now I'm jumping into you. It's a foul. He has mastered the art of like, like one on one from the top of the key, um, scoring. I got it. I still don't think it's the way they need to play to win games. I, I, I think that you can have some of that in doses, but I watched last night and you know, four out of every five possessions is his, him coming down the court, no passes until either at the very end of the shot clock when he draws a double team or when he shoots the ball. And I don't know that you win games like that. I don't know that you win big games against good teams in playoff situations like that. You can win some regular season games like that. They're, the ceiling for them as a team is much lower with James Harden playing like that. I don't, I, I think it has a negative impact on the guys in that team. And this is my like limited experience in basketball. I played high school basketball. One of my best friends, he's the head coach yeah. over at Westminster now. He, we were playing a big rival, St. Thomas. It was like a bigger school. We were like trying to go for the upset. He had 43. He's one of my best friends. Yeah. I remember thinking like, man, am I ever going to get a shot up? Like, right, right. <laughs> and like, and then all of a sudden, like you kind of lose your intensity in the game because every time you come you don't defend as well probably gonna take the shot it it, it creeps into every part of us of a role player's game when you're just standing there like this like i you know look i play with alan iverson and at that point in my career i wasn't a guy that felt like i needed any shots i was just kind of happy to be there so i didn't necessarily get frustrated and not defend as well because i knew i was only there to defend but i have to imagine like the george lynch's of the world who could who were good players like, do you know what I mean? Like, maybe not a carry the load for you offensively type of guy, but a good player. Um, Eric Snow, good player. And again, not a carry the load. But those guys all are prideful dudes. They can score the ball. To run around and say, hey, all I'm going to do ever is defend and screen for, for that guy, it starts to take a toll on you. Like, it, you're not defending the same way after three quarters of like... <laughs> right. Andrew and you're not, not getting it like the ball ever. That's the thing. Sixty-three percent of the field goals come after he has controlled the ball for six seconds for more or more. That leads the league. Like because that's to your point about you watching the game last night. He comes up, dribbles around, comes in, racks up, shoots the step back, and everybody else has been moving all around trying to get open. They don't get. They don't the even ball. move that much anymore. Right? Real talk. They like they down. come down. There's one light screen to try to get a switch if they can. If they don't get the switch, he'll he'll go into another screen. And as soon as they get the switch, everybody empties out. So they got like a five out type of scenario or maybe. Four out, four flat, um, and then he just dances. And while there is a beauty in his one-on-one ability that I'm not trying to take anything away from, you've got other capable dudes like Eric Gordon can can get buckets and create. Chris Paul was, you know, I mean, he's a little longer in the tooth, but still a, a viable pick and roll threat can orchestrate some offense. And so there is a time and a place for James to do James's thing. I just don't think it can be like. The only thing that they do with this roster, you have to find another way to manufacture points if you're going to have a chance to win in the Western Conference. All right, so yesterday after we finished our show, like literally 30 minutes after we finished our show, there's a big deal in the NFL as a trade went down when the Baltimore Ravens sent Joe Flacco to the Broncos. Yep. They got a fourth-round pick um, for him. It's a, a couple things for me. Case Keenum, experiment is done. I was It was question mark to me when they brought in Case Keenum to Denver – uh, so I think that's done. Flacco's gonna be there. He's owed 18, uh, and a quarter this year, 20 in 2020, 
24 million in 2021. I will be shocked if they don't redo that deal to make it more cap friendly. But the bottom line for me in all this, I get the Ravens are going in on Lamar Jackson. I like that. I think they saw enough. They want to improve him. But John Elway, as the, uh, you know, the executive that runs the Broncos, this is like his last opportunity, his last swing at a quarterback. quarterback. And I am shocked that he did it with Joe Flacco. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting thing. I mean, to me, it speaks to him trying to maybe buy himself a little bit of time at the quarterback position because you can't, what he couldn't do was go out in the draft and get it wrong again. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so, you know, like Flacco isn't, uh, Osweiler. You know, like, he's better, like, he's better than that. Like, he's stable. He's a stable thing. So maybe there's some stability for a year or two until, until you can maybe get to a point where there's a, there's a can't miss in the draft, like a Trevor Lawrence type of dude or something like that. You know right. what I mean? Because this isn't the answer. Like, Joe Flacco's not the answer in Denver. But here's the thing. I don't think he's any more of an answer than Case Keenum. I said yesterday, I was doing it on CBS Sports HQ because we taped something right after. And I, I said, oh, Flacco's an upgrade. And then I went back and looked at it over the course of his career. Clearly, he's a Super Bowl MVP, has, you know, went to the Super Bowl, has some great seasons. But if you strip it down just to the last couple seasons, right. there's not that much difference. In fact, you can make a stronger case for Case Keenum being better. Now, that's a little bit skewed because he had the monster year in Minnesota, right? 13 and 3, and they had a really good team, really good defense. Here's the, the synopsis for me of both these quarterbacks and why I think they're so similar. If you put them with great talent around them, They'll be good. Right. They're not going to be elite. They'll be good. If you don't, they're going to be below average. And that's where I think if, if if either one, you're going to have to improve that roster around them or else you're going to find yourself out of the playoffs again in a division which has the Chiefs, who are the favorites to win the Super Bowl, and the Chargers, who were 12-4 and four last year, and the Raiders, who are probably going to be better with three first-round picks. It's just it. It's a perplexing move for me. It was a non move, uh, non needle moving, non needle moving move. Correct, <laughs> right? Like it was. It, it was essentially nothing. I do. I do think that Joe Flacco is 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 more stable than Case Keenum. I think that's a more. That's what I. That was entity. my hunch too. But it again, it doesn't move the needle for you. And I guess you know my question would be like, what's a fourth round pick worth to you in the NFL? Like if that's what you gave up for him, like what right. is that? Not like, much. It's pretty cheap. You're so like, then, and like the Ravens saved ten million in cap space. Yeah, like so, like you got a little more stable. Like I don't know. It's it's. It, it, I don't even know why we're talking about because it's not going to change anything in Denver. Like it's I don't not like it's getting him to the playoffs. And, but I think or it not. could change John Elway's tenure. Like that's why I think he's gambling on us his future. And they've missed the playoffs two years in a row. They were bad last year. And a lot of people, I know he won a Super Bowl with Peyton, and he won Super Bowls as a player. You're only as good as what you've done for me lately, and that's all Broncos so are looking at. what would really suck is if Joe Flacco was just good enough to take him out of, like, the Tua Tugavailoa sweepstakes. Right. Because that's right. what There's you're probably— 7 and 9, 8 yeah. and 8, and then you're out of those. Yeah, yeah right? Agreed. Yeah, then you're, yeah, then you're looking at still having a long-term quarterback problem. Oh, Tiger. Okay. He's Tiger well, right off the top of the show. Um, playing today at Sony Genesis out in L.A. at Riviera. I, again, I feel like Tiger at this point in his career wants to get to 18. Mm-hmm. Showcase, he was fully back, fully healthy. I, obviously, when he tees it up, he wants to win and wants to play well. I still think he's in this, this part of the season where it's kind of like preseason to him. Right. And I think he's, you know, if it goes well and he wins, that'd be awesome. It'd be a great surprise. But I really feel like he's gearing up for Augusta and to have everything like full go. It's all on when he gets to Augusta. Do you think Tiger, I mean, you always want to win, right? But you think he, like, earmarks what I need to work on this week, like what, what the focus is going to be this week? Do you think there's any, cause in preseason, sometimes I would do that, right? Like, I'd be like, alright. Yeah. This, this game, we're going to, we're going to catch a shoot threes. Like, next game, 
you know, maybe I'll try to put it on the deck a little bit more and see if I can get to the mid-range. Because they don't matter. They don't really count. Now, this is different because there's money at stake. But I'm just trying to figure out, like, if in his mind... But he doesn't need the money, right? Like, I think he wants to play well. But to your point, I do think he probably has certain things in his swing. Maybe his putting like stroke. distance control with yes. the, with the short control. irons. Like, yeah. Right? I, and then I, you're I, dialing it all up to be ready to go for... I, that's my hunch. Now, maybe I could be totally wrong. Like, he might just say every time he tees it up, he's going to go all in and he has the same mindset every time. But I do feel like there's a part of me that's like, oh, if it's not going that great, it's not going to bother him as much. Yeah. Like, well, you know, as the window is closing, as he gets older and older to get those four more majors, that yes, it, but it's really geared up to, like, to your point, he might still be working on something where if he was the Masters, he's going to say whatever works. Correct. Like, he might try to stick with something a swing tweak or something and say, well, I don't, I don't care about the results. I want the process to be yes. there now. Right. And that's what I'm going to work towards. Yeah. I don't know, but I'd be curious to see like what's inside of his mind. Tease off at 322 Eastern. It's the second start of 2019 to finish 20th at the Farmers Insurance Open. So even with this mindset, he can probably still be just fine. When he yeah. Comes. What time did you say? I want to make sure I'm from 322. I got to get haircuts for my boys right after this then. So your I'm boy, back. uh, your boy Russell Westbrook. I think he's, I loved like, it. I do. I love him too. Yeah. So he had an interesting quote the other day. I forget what the context of it was. They were asking him about, do you remember what the context was? Yeah, they were was? asking him about his triple doubles and like yeah. all the naysayers about like his shot selection and field goal percentage being poor and what do you have to say about that? And his quote, I want, it was like, I have a, a unique talent. I I've think. been blessed with the talent to not, not give a bleep. I love it. <laughs> Which is a good mindset. I love it. You know? It. Like that's I, like the quote of the year. I've been blessed with the talent to not give but up. But you know, I wish every player, including myself, like when I was ringing, oh like, yeah, I wish I could instill it in my kids. Not necessarily the f bomb at the end, but realize <laughs> you've been given this gift, this talent, right? So why would you waste it, or why would you not care about? It? Wouldn't you want to cultivate it? And yet, I think I was a pretty good example. There are a lot of people who just kind of do enough to get by, to have a career, to make some money, to be yeah. good enough. And yet, there's sometimes when you could do a little bit extra, and I didn't. And that's like one of my biggest regrets, and that's why I try to instill it in my kids, although it's really a struggle to get them to think that mindset. Right. Because it's easy just to be complacent. It, it is. And then another, like, for me, it's one of those things where I talked about it the other day. Do you. And if you go down doing you, then you shouldn't have any regrets, right? Like, be true to yourself. And I think kind of that's what he's saying about his game. Like, this is the way I play. You know, I play hard. I defend, like, I'm attacking the basket, like, maybe I'm not a great shooter, but it's not going to stop me from trying to win games shooting the ball. Like, if you give me a supporting cast, like, now you see him mature enough to say, go ahead, Paul George, you do it, but I'm going to play the game the way I play it, and I don't give a F-bomb what you think, right? And if you play like that, um, then there aren't, there aren't any regrets at the end of the day. Like, even right. if you even if you don't win, like, I imagine, like, you're satisfied with with everything you laid on the line, especially when you play a style like his, where you're not ever going to be questioned for taking plays off. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep, for sure. All right, tomorrow, NBA All-Star Special. We're going to cover all the festivities. Oh, the man. Yeah, tomorrow. I don't even cool know boat. who's in the events. <laughs> we'll find out tomorrow. All right.